Einstein and Hilbert's relativity race. The published version of a talk by mathematician David Hilbert, dated the 20th of November 1915, is entitled On the Foundations of Physics. It was held five days before Einstein's momentous paper on the field equations of general relativity, establishing the mathematical foundation for Einstein's general relativity theory. Hilbert's talk presented a theory of gravitation including field equations, describing the fundamental interactions of gravity as a result of space-time being curved by mass and energy. It was eventually published four months later on the 31st of March 1916. Albert Einstein had, by November of 1915, been working on the theory of general relativity since his publication of the first paper on special relativity in 1905. However, it would take him 10 years to generalise the theory so that it would relate the curvature of spacetime to the energy and momentum of whatever matter and radiation was present. Einstein's field equations, the system of differential equations that specify general relativity, described this relationship and were the last missing piece to his epic puzzle. Generally acknowledged to be the greatest mathematician of his era, Hilbert was in the audience when Einstein spoke at Göttingen University about his new theory of gravitation in early 1915. In fact, he had been the one to invite Einstein to speak. In his lecture, Einstein presented his progress and the difficulties he was having with making his field equations generally covariant, independent of their coordinate system. By fall, Einstein had not made any discernible progress. Hilbert, however, through various channels made it known that he was working on his own theory of gravitation and indeed moving ahead. By November, both men were furiously working away at providing the correct mathematical foundation for their theories. By the end of the month, they both had. Ever since, the debate has persisted. Who generalised relativity first, Einstein or Hilbert? Timeline of relativity theory The history of relativity dates all the way back to Newton's apple and the discovery of gravitation as a physical force in the universe. 1687 Isaac Newton publishes the mathematical principles of natural philosophy, outlining, among other theories, Newton's law of universal gravitation. 1706, Newton notes as query one in book three of his collection of books called The Queries, do not bodies act upon light at a distance and by their action bend its rays? And is not this action, ceteris paribus, strongest at the least distance? 1861 to 62, James Clerk Maxwell publishes the first forms of Maxwell's equations describing how electric and magnetic fields are generated by charges, currents, and changes in their fields. 1883, Ernst Mach publishes Mechanics and its Evolution, where he criticizes the monstrous Newtonian notion of absolute space. Einstein, age 18, was made aware of Marx's book by his friend Michel Besso in 1897, while a student at Zurich Polytechnic. In 1904, at the International Congress of Arts and Science, mathematician Henri Poincaré declares the necessity to modify Newton's gravity theory in order to make it consistent with the later findings of Maxwell, Hendrik Lorentz and others. In 1905, 
Einstein publishes his Annus Maribolus papers, including on the electrodynamics of moving bodies, where special relativity first appears, uniting time, distance, mass and energy with electromagnetism in a single theory, omitting, however, the force of gravity. In 1907, while sitting in a chair at the patent office in Bern, Einstein experiences the happiest thought of his life that, for an observer falling freely from the roof of a house, there exists, at least in his immediate surroundings, no gravitational field. Published in the paper On the Relativity Principle and the Conclusions Drawn from It, the Equivalence Principle is born. In the same paper, Einstein also derives the gravitational redshift. In doing so, he notes, by deriving a formula for the velocity of light along the direction of a constant gravitational field, that the light rays which do not run in the direction are bent by the gravitational field. In the next four years, Einstein moves away from working on relativity, focusing more or less solely on what we now know as quantum theory, the definitions of light quanta and black body radiation. He returns to the study of gravitation in June of 1911 after a four-month stay in Prague. In 1912, mathematician David Hilbert turns his focus from linear integral equations to mathematical physics, beginning work to axiomatize the new theory of the electron originally put forth by Gustav Mie. The following year, Einstein, in collaboration with Marcel Grossman, publishes the paper outline of a generalized theory of relativity and of a theory of gravitation. In the paper, the two describe the equivalence principle by way of the now well-known elevator analogy. An observer enclosed in an elevator cannot know whether the box is at rest in a static gravitational field or in an accelerated motion maintained by forces acting on the box in a space that is free of gravitational fields albeit rejecting the possibility of formulating a generally covariant theory on the grounds that it violates physical requirements. In 1914, Einstein publishes the 56-page paper The Formal Foundation of the General Theory of Relativity, where he recounts and expands on the outline written a year earlier with Grossman. The paper specifies what has later become known as Einstein's scalar theory of gravitation, Einstein later communicates that he was discontent with the theory for three reasons. One, its restricted covariance does not include uniform rotations. Two, the precession, change in orientation, of the perihelion, closest point of a planet to its star, of Mercury coming out to 18 arc seconds rather than the observed 45 arc seconds per century. Three, that his proof of the uniqueness of the gravitational Hamiltonian is in fact incorrect. At the invitation of Hilbert, Einstein spends a week at Göttingen University in the summer of 1915, where he delivers six two-hour lectures, after which he declares, To my great joy, I succeeded in convincing Hilbert and Klein completely. Einstein's enthusiasm appears reciprocated as Hilbert goes on to nominate Einstein for the Bolyai Prize of 1915 for the highest mathematical spirit of his achievements. In the autumn of 1915, 
Summerfield communicates to Einstein that Hilbert is also dissatisfied with scalar theory of gravitation, which Einstein published in 1914. Hilbert is at this point working on his own theory of gravitation. November of 1915. As author Ivan Todorov wrote in 2005, was Einstein going to let someone else share with him the fruit of years of hard work and great inspiration? Not he. At 36, he can still fight. November the 4th. Einstein communicates to the Preussian Academy of Sciences a paper entitled The Theory of General Relativity, where he for the first time in public rejects his own scalar theory of gravitation of 1914, proposing in its place a new fundamental equation. Regarding his scalar theory the year before, he states, I lost trust in the field equations I had derived and instead looked for a way to limit the possibilities in a natural way. In this pursuit, I arrived at the demand of general covariance, a demand from which I parted, though with a heavy heart, three years ago when I worked together with my friend Grossman. As Einstein's friend Abraham Pays later stated, Einstein's lacking ability to define his field equations in generally covariant form should at this point not come as a surprise as Einstein was well ahead of his time exploring what Pays aptly called a no-man's-land of physics. November the 7th. Einstein sends Hilbert the proofs from his November the 4th paper, writing that, I recognised four weeks ago that my earlier methods of proof were deceptive, likely responding to a communication to Summerfield which reported Hilbert's objections to Einstein's 1914 paper. Interestingly, Einstein finishes the letter by asking Hilbert, I'm curious whether you will be well disposed towards this solution. Einstein's new solution was however still not generally covariant, assuming that the determinant of the metric tensor he was proposing was a constant, minus one. Although Hilbert's letter in response has been lost, it is fair to assume from their later communication and Einstein's further revision of the theory that Hilbert was in fact not well disposed towards Einstein's proposed solution. November 11th. A week later, Einstein again communicates to the Prussian Academy under the same title as the week before, rejecting his previously proposed equation and instead putting forth another equation likely based on Hilbert's feedback. Einstein now suddenly proposes a generally covariant equation. However, this only coincides with his final correct equation if the stress-energy tensor T, and hence also R, is traceless, i.e. that the sum of the elements on the main diagonal of the matrix trace are zero, which is true for Maxwell's electrodynamics. The very next day, Einstein sends Hilbert a second letter, announcing that with his November 11th note, he has finally found the correct formulation for his field equations that now satisfy general covariance. November 14th. Hilbert responds to Einstein's letter a few days later with a long note. In it, he writes that he is excited about his own axiomatic solution of your grand problem, noting that, insofar as I understand your new paper, the solution given by you is completely different from mine. He invites Einstein to come to Göttingen to hear him present his theory, 
even inviting him to spend the night in his home. November the 15th. Einstein answers Hilbert's letter asking for copies of the proofs from Hilbert's lecture and regretfully declining Hilbert's invitation to attend his lecture due to exhaustion. November 18th. Hilbert must have responded to Einstein's request and sent him a copy of the proofs, because by the 18th of November, Einstein again writes to Hilbert, stating, The system of equations given by you agrees, as far as I can tell, exactly with what I found in recent weeks and submitted to the Academy. He next goes on to mention, somewhat competitively, that he and Grossman had been aware of the equation of his November the 11th paper for three years, but rejected it due to its incompatibility with Poisson's field equation in the Newtonian limit. On the same day, Einstein sends his third communication to the Academy for the month, entitled Explanation of the Perihelion Motion of Mercury from the General Theory of Relativity, providing a calculation of the precision of the perihelion of Mercury, which comes out to the correct observed 45. One of the results his scalar theory of relativity was never able to provide. Two remarks are in order based on Einstein's paper. First, Einstein is not correct in his assertion that his equation is equivalent to Hilbert's equation from his November the 20th paper. The two are only equivalent for one another when homogeneous, i.e. when the stress-energy tensor is equal to zero. Second, Einstein indeed does derive the correct numerical value for the precision of the perihelion of Mercury. However, he does so from the not exactly correct equation of his November the 11th paper by solving the equation for a case where the stress-energy tensor is zero in the post-Newtonian approximation, allowing for point singularities. November the 19th, Hilbert responds to Einstein by congratulating him for having found the correct precision of the perihelion of Mercury, adding, if I could calculate as quickly as you, then the electron would have to capitulate in the face of my equations, and at the same time, the hydrogen atom would have to offer its excuses for the fact that it does not radiate. November the 20th. Hilbert presents his work to the Academy in Göttingen. In the published version of his talk, he begins by acknowledging Einstein's work, stating, Einstein has brought forth profound thoughts and unique conceptions and invented ingenious methods for dealing with them. However, also introducing ambiguity, writing, Following the axiomatic method, in fact from two simple axioms, I would like to propose a new system of the basic equations of physics. They are of ideal beauty, and I believe they solve the problems of Einstein and me at the same time. Hilbert then proceeds to derive the correct equation for the variational principle assuming general covariance, and a second-order equation for the metric tensor. November 25th. In Einstein's fourth and final note to the Academy in November 1915, the field equations of gravitation, he rejects both of his earlier proposed fundamental equations and submits, finally, what we now know to be the correct equations, describing Einstein's general theory of relativity. He, however, does so without providing a derivation of the correct stress-energy tensor his previous versions had so critically been lacking. This time, his equation is exactly equivalent to Hilbert's. 
Einstein does, however, not refer to Hilbert's work in the paper. The Dispute Who got there first? Einstein's paper featuring the correct forms of the field equations is dated November 25, 1915. Hilbert's talk is dated November 20. It is known that Hilbert sent Einstein a copy of his work, which most likely reached Einstein before he submitted his own paper. For a long time, it was believed that Einstein and Hilbert found the field equations of gravity independently. This is now disputed. The question of priority thus still remains. The case for priority to Hilbert. Advocates for Hilbert receiving priority have quite naturally suggested that Einstein derived some benefit or hints from Hilbert's letters and that those had helped him arrive at the trace term of the field equations. If so, one might argue Einstein should have acknowledged this in his final paper. Einstein does not. In fact, his November 25, 1915 paper only contains two references to prior work, neither of which is related to the trace term. The fact that Einstein somewhat out of the blue, without derivation, provides the correct form for the term in his paper, thus lends credence to those who are sceptical that he arrived at the correct form independently. Physicist Kip Thorne in his book Black Holes and Time Warps, Einstein's Outrageous Legacy, stated quite definitely his view that, remarkably, Einstein was not the first to discover the correct form of the law of warpage. Recognition for the first discovery must go to Hilbert. In Albert Einstein, A Biography, author Albrecht Fulsing argues, although seemingly convinced that Einstein and Hilbert arrived at the correct forms independently, that in November, when Einstein was totally absorbed in his theory of gravitation, he essentially only corresponded with Hilbert, sending Hilbert his publications and, on November the 18th, thanking him for a draft of his article. Einstein must have received that article immediately before writing this letter. Could Einstein, casting his eye over Hilbert's paper, have discovered the term which was still lacking in his own equations and thus nostrified Hilbert? The case for priority to Einstein Author Fulsink also describes that Einstein complained to Heinrich Zanger about what he evidently interpreted as an attempt by Hilbert at plagiarism. Norton provides a very well-documented 56-page argument for an independent road to the correct equations for Einstein, amongst other sources studying Einstein's Zurich notebook from the time of his November work. The perhaps most substantial evidence for the case of priority to Einstein are copies of Hilbert's proofs and the original manuscript of his November the 20th communication discovered by Leo Corrie in Hilbert's archives. The material became known with the publication of an article in Science magazine entitled Belated Decision in the Hilbert-Einstein Priority Dispute. Both the known proofs and the final version of Hilbert's first communication with the Gesellschaft in Göttingen are dated submitted on 20th of November 1915. The unearthed copies of the proofs, marked in Hilbert's handwriting, however claim first proofs of my first note, bearing a stamp date of December the 6th, 1915, implying that Hilbert indeed communicated revisions to the Academy after the publication of Einstein's paper on November the 25th. 
Close comparison between the November 20th communication, the copies of the proofs dated December the 6th, and Hilbert's published paper confirm this. In terms of consequences for the priority dispute, the findings are quite clear. Of the differences between Hilbert's November the 20th communication and the published paper, Corey and co-authors highlight quite definitively that. In Hilbert's November the 20th communication, he states that his theory cannot be generally covariant, and so that in addition to 10 generally covariant equations, there must be four additional non-covariant equations to guarantee causality. In Hilbert's November 20th communication, his equation includes a gravitational term, and he indicates that the gravitational part of the field equations takes the form of the variational derivative of the gravitational term with respect to the metric. He does not, however, give the explicit form of the gravitational part. He does so in the published version, submitted after reading Einstein's paper. What is indisputable? Quite naturally, and in accord with Hilbert's view of things, the resulting law of warpage was quickly given the name the Einstein field equation, rather than being named after Hilbert. Hilbert had carried out the last few mathematical steps to its discovery independently and almost simultaneously with Einstein, but Einstein was responsible for essentially everything that preceded those steps. Kipthorne, 1994 It is indisputable that Hilbert, like all of his colleagues, acknowledged Einstein as the sole creator of relativity theory. This is confirmed in many places, indeed even on the first page of Hilbert's publication. On December the 4th, Hilbert even nominated Einstein for election as a corresponding member of the Göttingen Mathematical Society. Despite this, there was indeed a period of tension between the two, which came to a head on December the 20th, with Einstein writing to Hilbert offering a reconciliation. There has been a certain resentment between us, the cause of which I do not want to analyse any further. I have fought against the feeling of bitterness associated with it, and with complete success. I again think of you with undiminished kindness, and I ask you to attempt the same with me. It is objectively a pity if two guys that have somewhat liberated themselves from this shabby world are not giving pleasure to each other. Thank you.